Hello, Pastor Deborah here again. I'm coming to you with another word of encouragement out of the Agape Love, Love is Here's Zoom studio. I'm using a wonderful motion video by Pixabay. And if I look a little strange, it's because I'm not using a green screen behind me. I, the one I have, it is just so cumbersome. I've got to think of something different. But for such a short video, I thought you may not mind seeing me look a little weird at times or my hair kind of doing things. But this motion video that you see back here is from Pixabay. They are a wonderful, wonderful ministry that I get free motion videos from. But if you desire, you can donate to the creator. When you're downloading it, there is a spot for you to donate to the creator. I thank you, Pixabay. You're a wonderful ministry. Your creators are blessed by God. They help to visualize things in the realm of the spirit that many of us may not see, or they're distorted by clouds and fire and sleeps and trances. But this one that I'm bringing to you is word of encouragement number two. 21. We are definitely making progress. I just sent a lot of words of encouragement to a precious young woman whose son has had surgery and is not doing so well. As a pastor, I try to encourage people to pray for healing, but also be prepared for the ultimate healing. That through death of the physical body, the spirit goes on. And I try to teach that and say that without saying it. Because a lot of people don't want believe that there is life after death. And some people need to know that their prayers probably aren't heard. Because they're prayers of flesh. Other people may question the God that they're praying to and just say it's his will for a person to die. People don't realize the power of death of the physical body and the power that death has and the power that sin has in death. Everybody's physical body is going to die, expire, give up, be blown apart. And we are all, the real us, are all going to leave that dirt, earthen vessel, that tent, those clothes. And what will arise out will be a spirit, a forever person. And pastors, as Pastor Deborah is one, our job is to ensure that that forever person travels to the land of light into the kingdom of heaven with a waiting father with open arms. Because that day is coming for all of us. 
some sooner, some before we even get out of the womb, some in childhood and teen years, some not for a long, long time, but the day will come. So I try to encourage her with lots of my videos, which would encourage her that she could use to encourage her son. And during this time of fear of death and COVID, many people are going through dark days. Many people are having PTSD from abuse from years in their childhood. And PTSD is powerful. It's connected in the memories and the thoughts and the feelings and in the mind. And it affects our forever person. But today... Our words of encouragement, they are from the wonderful verse of King David of Psalms 5, 8 through 9 of the authorized King James Version. And the title of this word of encouragement is who leads you? Mm -hmm. Let's begin with a little prayer. Dear Heavenly Father. Open eyes and ears to hear and say your words of encouragement. Let King David speak to us from out of the ancient days. Question us, challenging us, helping us to peer into ourselves and to look to see who is leading us. Thank you, Father, for your word. That brings light, freedom, deliverance, and healing. If we will receive it, if we can hear it, if we can see it, and we can take it in through belief. Father, thank you. These are your words. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. All right. Let's begin with Psalms 5, verse 8. This is King David speaking. He was speaking as a priest unto his God. He was speaking as a leader, as a shepherd to his God. Verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. We all have enemies in the spirit, soul, and physical body. That's right. Viruses, bacteria, injuries, they're all our enemies. That's right. There's enemies of your soul. We know that. And he is saying, help me. Lead me and guide me because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face so I can walk that straight path. And that verse takes us over to Psalms 25, 4 through 11. King David is still speaking to us from out of the ancient days. Out of the realm where words are spirit and life. In verse 4, he says, show me 
your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. When a teacher is teaching little children to learn to read and write, they have to be shown. I learned how to spell the word apple by seeing a picture of an apple, by holding it in my hands, looking at it in a book, having the teacher write it on the board, repeating it, writing it, saying it. And eventually, through all those means, I learned how to read and write and understand what an apple was. We need lots of help. Down here on earth, there are many enemies. They're all around us. And we need somebody to guide us, to show us the righteous way, to think, to speak. Out on Twitter and social media. How to make comments on TV. How not to lie and deceive and cover up. That's right. We need help. Our spirits need help. Our soul needs help. Definitely our physical body. We need help. We need truth. and We need righteous ways to live. To treat ourselves. To treat other people. How to treat animals in nature. So David is saying, lead me by guiding me. Show me your ways. Teach me your paths. A lot of people don't want to be taught. They just shut off of anything that it's a lie. They don't look to nature. I know fishermen that are told don't go in an area. It's off limits. But there's always lots of fish there, so they go and catch in an illegal area. I've spoken to them and said, that's an illegal catch. You're not a righteous fisherman. You're not abiding by the rules to protect the area and the fish. They don't care. They just want the thrill of catching a big one. Even if they throw it back. Violators of law. They're not following the righteous path. And they know better. One day, the authorities may stop them, give them a ticket, confiscate their boat. And they'll probably get angry and blame them. What right do they have to tell me where to fish? There's laws to protect nature. When you violate them, things happen. So David's trying to help us, and he's showing us how to do it by seek the Lord of King David. Seek King David's God and ask him to show us his righteous paths and ways for him to guide us. Not for a political party to guide us. Not for our teachers from college or philosophers. Or from ancient ancestors. Mm -mm. Many people are guided. By other things. I just ran into a precious. Precious world leader. And he's not led by. Really anything. Except personal desire. And some ancient shadows of the past. He doesn't know that. 
My job will be to help him. So he can reconnect to King David's God. And allow that God of King David to lead and guide him. Let's continue now with Psalms 25, 4 through 11. Verse 5. Lead me in your truth. O Lord, that's King David talking to his God. And teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you do I wait all the day. Sometimes you have to wait for God to speak to you, show you. I usually tell God, don't answer my prayers right away because I want a certain answer. Wait when I'm not thinking about what I just prayed. But then sometimes God will answer you right away. If your request is genuine and if it's heard. Many times our prayers are just prayers of flesh. They're not God's heart. They're not his word. And if you do pray his word back to him, sometimes it's just your soul and not your spirit. We're told in John of the Bible, Jesus told a wonderful lady at the well in Samaria that God is a spirit. He is seeking spirits of humanity to worship him in spirit. And in truth, that means with knowledge of him, not in lies and deceptions, but who he really is. So we're working in the realm of the spirit here. So King David is telling you, I need some leading and I need to be taught. And I need your God of my salvation. I need you. And I will wait for you to help me. Sometimes God answers us non-verbally. He just does it. Sometimes he answers us through stories. Circumstances in the natural. Sometimes we might be reading a book, watching a movie, playing a game. And there's the answer. Sometimes it comes from other people. Sometimes in the news. God has infinite ways of answering us, leading us and guiding us. If you're looking, if you're waiting and listening, and if you've even prayed that prayer. I know many people, they just pray prayers of the flesh. And their goals are not God's goals or God's desires for himself. God desires to be glorified, lifted up, so other people can see him, love him, and come to want to meet him through you, through your circumstances. Each one of us becomes a witness in our life and even in our death. Now, let's go to verse 6 of Psalms 25. 4 through 11. Remember me, O Lord King David, 
was saying and praying to the Lord? Remember your tender mercies and your loving kindness. For they, your mercy and your loving kindness, have been ever of old. Do you remind God of his character? Do you remind him that he's a God of ever of old? That he is full of mercy and loving kindness. When you're a parent, mother or father, and your little children mess up, you have to dig deep down into your emotions and remember the love you bore this unborn child in your womb that you carried to term and you did not abort it or murder it, that you loved it and you wanted it. You wanted to care for it and shepherd it and teach it, raise it up. So David was putting his Lord, his King, into remembrance of those feelings of mercy and loving kindness towards himself and now towards all of humanity. Children can test you and try you, push your buttons, get you angry, want you to walk out of the room on them. Give up on them. Be angry with them. But they need you. They need you to be like King David's God. Remembering your mercy and loving kindness. For they are your children. They are yours to shepherd. They know not what they do. So King David was reminding his God, the Lord. Of his ancient mercies and loving kindness. That had been with him. Since the day he began. The day that this God. Was. Ever of old. Now let's go to verse 7. Remember. Not the sins of my youth. Parents have to do this all the time. They have to put aside their anchor. Remember the love that they had for this little thing that is pushing their buttons, not minding them, doing exactly what they told them not to do. And maybe now they're hurt, but they need you. They need a God of the Spirit to remember his loving mercy and kindness towards The spirit. So David is saying, remember, Lord, not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. That means not doing what you told me to do. The laws and the commandments you set out for me. The statutes. According to your mercy. When we're told to stop at a red light, that's for our mercy. That's a sign of loving kindness to keep order but some people can take the orders too far that will restrict you but remember everybody has free will but if you push 
and you torment and you vex the free will, it will make the choice of the tormentor to survive. Because the free wills will pick life and not death until it cannot pick life anymore. So David is reminding his Lord to remember not his sins and transgressions according to his mercy. Remember you for your goodness, for your sake, O Lord. A mother and father have to go. I will forgive my little one. My little one does not know what they're doing. They don't know the consequences. I do. But for my sake, my own love and bond towards them, I will forgive them. I will teach them. I may have to correct them. But it will be done in love, not in anger and hate. But a lot of parents get very angry at children when they don't do what they're told to do because they feel dishonored, embarrassed in front of the community. Their power, lordship is challenged. Even a parent has to remember that a child is going to break the law. It's going to transgress. So David was reminding his God, please remember your mercy and love towards me. Yes, I know I've transgressed your law. Yes, I know I've disobeyed. But I am but a youth. And I did it in my youth and my ignorance. Do this for your sake, for your honor. Show that forgiveness and mercy and love stronger than anything there ever is. Just saw that in a wonderful, wonderful movie called Steel Toes. It's about a neo-Nazi who injured a person from India of Hindu descent. And a Jewish man, a lawyer, was assigned To defend him against murder. The man did not die. But it was a powerful. This Jewish man was told as a young child. That when hate and anger. Come against us. And against all of humanity. We who know what it feels like. We must love. And help. And we must put a stop. And we must bring love, forgiveness, and mercy into the situation. Excellent movie. How a young man who was broken by the forgiveness of this Hindu who he hurt. And how the Jewish man fought for him. And how they fought. And how the young man who actually went into trances. And into alter egos and personalities as a neo-Nazi. And yet he could still be reached. And this young man in the courtroom explained. That these beliefs and concepts I have. They are dangerous. And you need to help us. He went on to rehab. And he found mercy and compassion. 
excellent movie to watch on YouTube for free called Steel Toes. Just watched it this week. David goes on in verse 8 and says to his God, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, will he teach sinners in the way. When a parent tells a child, don't do something. Go to bed. Eat your vegetables. Pick up your room and straighten up. And they don't do it. The parent must teach, not through anger and hate, but through mercy, compassion. And look at that little one. They're just a youth. They don't know what they're doing. But they need teaching. They need loving kindness and mercy to help them. Just like that neo-Nazi did. He was angry because the Jews, they believe, had crucified Jesus Christ. They were angry at all the things that had happened to white people, white men in the country he was in. Sort of people with darker skins were taking the jobs. He never graduated from high school. He never had confidence. He didn't talk anything about his childhood. But we had a case where a Jewish man You had to remember from his youth that when you encounter evil and hate, you must apply the remedy of mercy, love, and compassion. So here David is saying to his God, help me. I'm a young person. I'm a sinner, and I don't know what I'm doing. I make mistakes. Please guide me and teach me. Do you do that to this God? Are you a willing student of his? Do you cry out to to King David's God? Do you even recognize what you do? Could be a transgression of love, goodness, and mercy. Do you even show that to other people? David was asked to be shown that. Then you have to turn around. Because people are going to do it to you. You have to be able to be like King David's Lord. Show mercy and kindness to them. Verse number nine. The meek. He will guide in judgment. Sometimes you need to know what's right and wrong. And how to judge people. We're told that Christ Jesus did not judge with his earthly eyes. Or his earthly ears. He had to judge by his spirit. With spiritual knowledge. Of the spirit. He had to look beyond the flesh. And into the realm of the spirit. In order to judge. And to apply the right judgment. To the person. Verse 9 goes on and says, and the meek, he will teach his ways to. Boy, do we need a lot of teaching, that's for sure. Pastor Deborah always does. She spends many days just reading the word, writing it out. Then God shows me movies so I can see it. 
in real life with real humans. That movie Steel Toes is an excellent example. Hate and love, mercy and forgiveness, a changed life that goodness and mercy and forgiveness provided. A hard heart was reached by the forgiveness of one who was beaten and now would probably be forever paralyzed and changed. A Jewish man was there working with someone who hated him. Dealing with both sides. It was excellent, excellent to see three people, two to help change one life to make a difference, to apply forgiveness and mercy, compassion, and then to teach the young one new ways of righteousness and judgment. Verse number 10. All the paths of the Lord, King David is saying, are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant. That's his contract with us and his testimonies. What that means is he has a contract with humanity. And he wants you to be able to speak about him and be a testimony and testify on his behalf. When that young man in steel toes got up in the courtroom, he was a different person than he was when he attacked the Hindu man. He was drunk. Trying to have sex with his girlfriend. He was angry, mad at everything. But in the courtroom, he had been broken by forgiveness, by mercy, by the love of a Jewish man who, this neo Nazi, hated, blamed for the death of Christ Jesus. Yeah. Three people, two. Involved with one young man, a youth, out of love and mercy and compassion, a new life was born. The old neo-Nazi steel-booted, hating young man died in jail. And one that was filled with regret and remorse and felt the love, the compassion from a Jewish man who was the only person who seemed to even love him and would love past the hate. Call him and the young one had never had anybody love him like that. And then when the Hindu man wrote a letter and he read it, excellent to see the remorse, the awakening of the conscious that had been seared by hate be touched by love and mercy and goodness. God was working there in that movie. Verse 11. For your name's sake, Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. God does it to give himself glory. 
God pardons us so that he gets the glory. I want to tell you a little story about that. Years ago, I read a book about a young lady who had been severely abused by her mother. Now she's an adult and she's seeking help in psychiatry. She went to many psychiatrists and then her insurance would run out and they wouldn't see her anymore. Well, she got to one and her insurance ran out. But he said to her, sweetie, I love you as a human. I don't care about your insurance. You keep coming and we'll keep helping you. And as the story went on, God began to heal her in, at home. Her multiple personalities started disappearing. Healing was coming. And I asked God, what is going on? That psychiatrist didn't pray a prayer for her. Didn't read the Bible. She didn't pray to you. He said, no, they didn't. But when love of another human is so genuine, so full of mercy and compassion, and will help somebody freely, without insurance, without getting charged, the atmosphere and the covenant of love is there in the spirit. And that is what I work in. And I will do the healing in that atmosphere. Because the psychiatrist was in a covenant he didn't know about. was loving his neighbor. He was helping without any rewards financially or anything. And God told me, I will get the glory in the realm of the spirit against Satan who caused this young woman to be abused and have a horrible life. I, for my name's sake, my glory, my honor, I will show the realm of the spirit, all the beings in it, that I am the God of healing and deliverance through love. So by that I learned. So when you see in the movie The Steel Toes, a Jewish man struggling himself with this neo-Nazi young man. But he went against his family, even lost his wife and his best friends. Because there was something deeper inside of him that he learned as a child from his father. That when the enemy comes and evil comes, And they had seen it as Jewish people in World War II and many other wars. But their only defense in fighting back was love, mercy, and forgiveness. And that was more powerful against the enemy. So this Jewish man went on and helped the young neo-Nazi. Oh, he went to jail, but not for the original charges, but for manslaughter. He got into rehab, counseling, Bible studies. He was a changed person because of two people who reached out with loving kindness and mercy and compassion. And they were being a testimony and a witness of God himself. God was getting the glory. His name called love was being lifted high up. In a young one's life. And Satan lost that young man. 
Now let's go back to Psalms 5, 8 through 9. Verse 9. For there is no faithfulness, no steadfast in their mouths, those that do iniquity and transgressions that break the covenants of God. For their inward part is very wickedness. That's how that neo-Nazi was. He had inward parts that were very wicked. Their throat, their words, their mouth was an open sepulcher, a tomb, a place of death. Spewed out hate and death, violence. And they flatter with their tongues. Many people are like that. Many people live double lives. They live one way to their families. Behind the scenes, they live another way. Many politicians do the same thing. They live one way to their voters, another way to the government, another way to world leaders, and another way in the realm of the spirit. So King David is telling us there is no faithfulness in these kinds of people. And I was one of them. And I'm asking for your mercy and compassion. And that takes us to Psalm 62, 4. These people, like the neo-Nazi, only consult to cast and throw him, you, the Lord, King David is saying, down from his excellency. Even though the neo-Nazi young guy professed loyalty to Christ Jesus, By his words of hate, violence, his actions against people, he was throwing down, casting down, defiling the God of love. Mm -hmm. He couldn't back up this God of love that he said he loved in his words or his actions. Without him even knowing it. He was casting down, throwing down, defiling, stepping on the very heart of this loving father who went to the cross for him. And this neo-Nazi, he believed the Jews killed him, but that's not the case. The Jews were a part of the story. So was Caesar. So was Pilate. So was Pilate's mother, his wife. So were the Roman soldiers. So was Judas, everybody, for all humanity at that time, was unsaved. Nobody had been reborn, forgiven yet. And we learn in the word that this was the lamb, the very sacrifice that God himself chose. And he walked his own son, just like Abraham and Isaac, up to the mountain. To slay him. To prove his own love for humanity. And his love of obedience to his own word. But there's no greater thing in any place than love. God did the slaying. God walked with his son. Put him on a cross. Allowed him to die. Could have saved him, but that would not have saved humanity. 
But this neo-Nazi didn't know that. He just believed what he was told, that the Jews had killed him. Oh, they were one part of the puzzle. They didn't put him on the cross, didn't put the nails in him, didn't beat him. And God forgave them. There was nobody that was guilty except God and Christ. And it was a deal they had made before the foundations of the world. That God would send himself inside of a spiritual being. They would all go together to the cross. Mm -hmm. So the neo-Nazi did not know that. The Jewish man did not know that. But he was not yet believing in Christ Jesus as the Messiah. He was still back in the Old Testament. And the man of the Hindu religion did not believe Christ Jesus. But he lived a life of mercy and forgiveness. He was lifting up the testimony of the God of love. So David is telling us that when you act in certain ways and speak, You are casting down this excellency of God. And we see it all the time. You pick one color of skin over another. You allow unlawful activities. You lie, cheat, steal. You browbeat people. You're trying to cast down the rulership, the mercy and love of this God. And David goes on and says... They, these kind of people, like the neo-not, they delight in their lies. Some people know they're lying. Others don't. And even if you do know you're lying, you don't know why. But Pastor Deborah has to go behind the scenes like Christ Jesus, spiritually see what's going on, to see if you really know what you're serving. Some are so blinded by greed and lust, they're just serving themselves. And then they get in a mess and they start lying to cover up. Others are serving Satan, the God of this world, trying to make his government come to pass and to take Jesus Christ down. A lot of people think it's skin color against skin color and it's a man against a woman or a sex against another sex, but that's not it. It's always Satan. Trying to be the full God, Lord, and King of this earthly world that He did not create, but He's perverted it and twisted it, and trying to build His kingdom like God had always desired through humanity, through the human spirit. So King David goes on and says, They bless with their mouth. But they curse inwardly. King David is saying when this God of his does not lead you and guide you in righteousness. And does not have mercy or compassion on you. And you do not speak to him. Then you are a mess. You will have a mouth that will bless him. But inwardly your spirit and your thoughts will curse him. You'll be like the neo-Nazi on the inside. So these words of encouragement to you today, there is hope for you. Call on King David's Lord. Ask him 
to be merciful and kind to you because you are a mess. You have transgressed his laws of love your neighbor. You've lied. You have a mouth that is a sepulcher of death. Your inward parts are wicked and evil. You serve the king of the kingdom of darkness. You're full of greed and lust. You're just hungry and thirsty and craving power and more power, control. And you don't even believe in this God of King David. Many don't. They believe in other gods. They believe in saints. They pray to saints. Some just believe in their own political party. And the goals of something they're trying to create. So please be encouraged. Ask yourself. Just like King David. Are you a mess? Have you transgressed laws that are way beyond you? Are you like the neo-Nazi inwardly? Are you trying to have power and control? That's not yours to have. Are you trying to serve another God, the king of the darkness? But there is hope for you. King David said, there is love and mercy and kindness. Just like as the neo-Nazi, he found. Please come and let God forgive you. Pour his mercy and goodness into you. Take away, just like that neo-Nazi. Break your seared consciousness. Bring a brokenness to you that you will realize what you have done against him and against the people he loved, all of humanity. You have become a tyrant, a greedy, power-hungry, controlling, vexing person. Realize you've lied and deceived your voters. That you do wicked, evil things. For you are but a child. There is mercy, forgiveness for you. David was asking for that. Your word of encouragement is, be as David. Recognize yourself. That you're a mess. And that you need him, King David's Lord, to lead you and guide you in his ways. To ask him to forgive you and apply his mercy and forgiveness that has been with him as ever of old. Let the cross be applied to your life. Let the blood of Christ be shed over you. And let the Holy Spirit birth you anew. Like the young neo-Nazi. Come out, come out of your evil wickedness. Step into the paths of righteousness, mercy, and love with the Lord of King David. And that is your word of encouragement. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah. I'll see you in the next word of encouragement video. Bye.